Welcome to Heart Church. We believe the gospel has the power to change your whole life, all your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. Each week we, we read from the Bible. If you're new here, we read from the Bible. We believe that the Bible is the inspired Word of God. We believe it's got the power to change lives. It's living and active. But you don't have to believe in the Bible to come to Heart Church. You don't have to even believe in the Bible to get something out of this message. And we are just so thankful that you're here. But believing that God is going to speak to us as we read His Word together. So we're going to be looking at the book of Hebrews. Everyone say Hebrews. And uh, we don't actually know who wrote this letter to, to this audience. Um, we don't even know much about who the audience were. But we do know that they had a tradition of the Jewish tradition. We knew that they were schooled in that by the way that the writer references certain things. We also knew that they were new converts to Jesus. They'd, they'd found Jesus. And, um, and we know that they were going through a bit of a hard time. And, um, and they were on the verge of giving up. And so the writer is writing to them to remind them of who Jesus is and to say, keep going. And you'll kind of pick up a bit of that vibe as we read Hebrews 10 verse 32 to 36. Now, if you're new to the Bible or if you're new to church, don't worry. I'm going to be dotting around different parts of the Bible and you could be like, oh, I don't know what's going on. It's calm. Um, but just trust that you will get something from it anyway. Hebrews 10 verse 32 to 36 says this. So remember, he's writing to these people who have a Jewish tradition, found Jesus, but now are going for a hard time. And he says this, but recall the former days when after you were enlightened, that means you came to Jesus, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction, and sometimes being partners with those so treated. So the right here is really kind of saying, listen, you, you guys have gone through it and you've even, you've even put your arm around those who were treated the same way, who were suffering because you were following in Jesus. For you had compassion on those in prison, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your possessions. I mean, this is amazing. A plundering of your property. Since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God you may receive what is promised. Do not throw away your confidence. Can you help me preach the title of our message today? Just turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor. Come on, heart just say, neighbor. Do not throw away your confidence. Now turn to your other neighbor and say, other neighbor. Do not throw away your confidence. <laughs> now help me, help me. Just turn to the person behind you or turn to the person in front of you because sometimes you need to hear it three times. And help me, someone needs to hear this today. <laughs> Say, do not throw away your confidence. Amazing. Can we pray together? Father, we want to thank you so much for your, for your word. We want to thank you for your Holy Spirit. And we're asking today, that you would move on this world. We are hungry and open to hear from you. Pray for your anointing. Pray for your grace to be upon us. In Jesus' name, 
And everyone said, amen. 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 Have you ever thrown something away that you later regret throwing away? Just put, you ever got rid of something and you thought, why did I get rid of that? I don't know why I did that. Maybe, maybe wives. Let me speak to you. Let me speak to the wives. Maybe your husband was allowed out shopping one day and to buy some clothes without your supervision. And they came back with a hideous shirt that they felt that looked good. And uh, you made the executive decision just to uh, get rid of it while they wasn't looking. Or husband comes back and says, where's that shirt? And you're like, oh, I don't know, babe. <laughs> you do know it's gone to a charity shop from some other unexpecting husband. Or uh, we, I don't know if you've ever got rid of something. You go, I don't know why I got rid of that. Um, a couple of years ago, my wife and I, Naomi, read this great book by Marie Kondo called The Magic Art of Tidying. I don't know if you've come across this book or, or not, but she's amazing. She's a guru. And um, the, the premise of this is basically she encourages you to go through every item in your house, item by item, and ask certain questions whether you need it or not. And one of the questions is, does this spark joy? It's a beautiful. She's on another level. She's amazing. Or is it useful? Guys, we did this. We did this. We went through every item. It took days and asked that question. And I, I need you to know that there's sometimes where uh, it's been an amazing process and you get rid of a load of stuff. There's sometimes where I've said, Maria, you're a genius. You've helped me so much. And there's sometimes where I thought, why did I listen to this lady? I got rid of something that I actually needed. It's like, I need those jumpers at winter. I've just got t-shirts. What, what, what was I doing? You can take that off because I've got mixed feelings. But but the, the word that the writer uses when he says, do not throw away, the word he uses means to cast or fling away as one throws out rubbish, which has no further use. He says, don't throw away your confidence. And I've got a question. How do you get to the point where you feel like your confidence is something that is to be discarded? How do you get to the point when you're on the verge of throwing it away? Putting it in the bin, like, I don't need that anymore. Because confidence is so important, right? Just, like, just in life. <laughs> like, if you're going to do anything, or if you're going to do anything well, you need a level of confidence. I've been mean, in you know, if you haven't got a level of confidence that you don't bring your best, to, you, do, you don't do your best, you don't think positively, and you end up doing things worse. But when you have confidence, you put your foot, front foot forward, don't you? So just in life, and advertisers have worked this out, haven't they? They try to sell us anything to kind of say, this is going to help you become more confident. Confidence is essential. Confidence is that active ingredient that enables us to step out and do what we're supposed to do. I love in the... In the Bible, in the Old Testament, there's this story of Moses, this great leader. Maybe you've heard of the Red Sea and the part of the Red Sea and the Prince of Egypt. Maybe you've seen that film. That's Moses, this amazing leader. But anyway, he dies. And this young leader called Joshua is up to lead millions of people. And God says to Joshua, hey, Moses is dead. Be strong and courageous because you're going to lead. God could have just said, lead. You're up. Why did he have to say be strong and courageous? Because it takes confidence to step out in the things of God. It takes a level of confidence to step out and do what God has asked us to do. And confidence is linked to our belief. It's linked to an assurance that we can do something. 
So in terms of people who follow Jesus, we are the people who should be confident because we've got a strong belief that God is with us. Who knows that to follow Jesus, you need a level of confidence? We live in a world that has different values to us. We live in the world, but we're not of the world. And sometimes that's hard. We need confidence for that. We're on this we're in this ongoing process of change. There's a Bible word called sanctification, which basically means we're becoming more and more like Jesus. But sometimes when you're being used from God and then you see bits in yourself that you don't like and you can feel unconfident, but we're still called to be confident. We need confidence because we have a spiritual enemy who's against us and we need to be bold and strong and confident. So if confidence is so important, and so valuable. How do we get to a place where we think we don't need it anymore? How do we get to a place where we think, I need to discard this? How do we get to a place where, how did these, the people who were hearing this letter, how did these people get to a place where they thought that their confidence in God wasn't needed anymore? If it's so essential to the fact that they were going to throw it away. And how do we do the same? Well, I think it's, it's obvious from the way that the scripture is, is teaching us because basically they, they encountered some tough circumstances that made them question their confidence in God. And this is what happens when you go through a tough season, when you encounter some tough circumstances, the way that those circumstances can present themselves to you because it's real, because it's live, because you can see it, it makes you think that what you are believing for is of less value than what you're experiencing. And so what happens is circumstances have a way of eroding our confidence. They've got a way of just kind of like wearing our confidence down. And I want to invite us to look at some ways that we begin to throw away our confidence. Because I don't think it just happens in one big go. I don't think many of us kind of go, oh, I mean, I'm feeling confident one day and the other day I'm not. I don't think it happens like that. I think slowly by slowly, we kind of like make a decision that I don't need this anymore. And I want to look at the process. And if I'm honest, this message came to me because I found myself in a situation where I was starting to do things that if I kept on going, that I know that my confidence was going to be diminished. So if the guys can help me, on one side you've got confidence, on one side you've got circumstances. And I just want to look at how we know we're being, we're, and we're going to either gravitate, I think, to being led by our confidence in God or by our present circumstances. And there's three things that I found experientially and I see biblically that, we be, that begins to happen that lets us know that we're being led by our circumstances or by our confidence in God. And let me just tell you this up front. This is, this is what my hope is. My hope is that we're able to diagnose these things ahead of time so we know which way we're heading. Because, and I'll get into that. We had an issue with our car um, last week and the engine light starts flashing. And that's telling me that I need to do something. If I don't do something and I ignore it and I keep ignoring, I'm going to get into trouble. And these are things that will flash up in our lives that let us know, hey, if I keep doing these things, 
sooner or later, I'm going to begin to throw away my confidence, which is essential, and I'll, t- and I'll teach you why. So number one, first thing that I find myself doing, and maybe you can relate, is I start focusing on the things that I shouldn't be focusing on. Number one, when I begin to, to be led by my circumstances, I don't just encounter things, I start focusing on things that I shouldn't be. And who's just been impacted by this series about facing up to our inner bully? And this has been so brilliant because what Pastor Malcolm has been teaching us through the Word of God is those anxious thoughts that come to us, that negativity that comes to us, it, it wants to keep us being led by our circumstances. And I know for me, one of the ways that I know that I'm in trouble is that not when bad things happen to me, they, that they're always going to happen to us. We live in a real world where bad things happen. It's when I start focusing on them. When I start focusing on my, when I start, for me, it's maybe different to you. For me, it's when I start thinking about, oh, I haven't got what it takes. When I start thinking about my insecurity. So, so many times they're thinking about all the things I'm not. And then Maybe you see somebody else who just seems like they've got it all together. Or you see someone on Instagram or Facebook and you think they're amazing. Or you see someone in church. And, then, and it's not that we encounter it, it's we start focusing on it. And in Hebrews, um, we see that this is an issue because Hebrews 12 verse 1 to 2, the writer says, And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus goes on to say later on, consider him who endured such suffering, who endured the cross. What's the writer saying? Hey, you are being led by your circumstances because you've lost your focus. That's one of the areas we know. If we begin focusing on the wrong things, we know it's going to be a matter of time that we're going to throw away our confidence and we're going to be led by our circumstances. Secondly, and this is, happens to me, we I stop doing the things that I should be doing. We stop doing the things that we know we should be doing. And this, again, is when I felt like the Holy Spirit kind of just like go, hey, be careful, bro. (laughs) And if I told you what it was, it was the smallest of things. But let me just read Hebrews 10, verse 24 to 25. It says this, And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. It goes on to say this, Have we got that 24 to 25? Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. So for some people here in this letter, what had they done? They'd stopped doing some things. They'd stopped meeting together. Because when you're led by your circumstances and you're going through a hard time, you start thinking, oh, well, I'll just stop doing that because what's the point? It's so subtle. And this is probably what I want to communicate is the subtlety of how we know we're being led by our circumstances. So for me, if I told you what, I, I, I would tell you, but it seems so small, but it was just like a little thing that I knew I should be doing and I found myself tempted to stop doing it. For me, one of the things that I know that I'm being led by my circumstances rather than my confidence in God, I know I'm being led by my circumstances when my, when my I call it spiritual disciplines get out of whack. When it's like, oh, I read the Bible yesterday. I, I'll skip it today. Or maybe for me, it's, it's something to do with just disciplines in life, like, I don't know, being what, what I watch or what I eat. It's a way of letting me know that I'm not, I've stopped doing the things that I should be doing. See, when we're going through a tough time, I don't know about you, but it's so easy to stop doing the basics. Or let me change that, to stop doing the essentials. 
So just a little flashlight. If you find yourself being tempted in a season which is tough to stop doing the things that you should be doing, let that just be a little beep, beep, beep to you, a little, a little flashlight. And thirdly, not only do I start focusing on the things that I shouldn't be doing, I stop doing the things I should be doing. Thirdly, for me, I start doing things that I shouldn't be doing. Because I've taken my eyes off Jesus, I've stopped doing the things that I know I should be doing. Now, this is a dangerous place. We, I start being selfish. Maybe I start lashing out. Maybe I get judgmental. Maybe I get angry. I don't know what it is for you, but this is the progression when we're not led by our confidence in God and we're led by our circumstances, we can find ourselves actually slipping into a place where we're living from a place of self. And the reason I highlight that isn't to make us feel bad, but it's to recognize that something really great is at risk here. Something very precious is trying to escape our grasp. Because a lack of confidence leads, opens the door to a lack of trust. And a lack of trust opens the door to doubt. And doubt opens the door to unbelief. And when unbelief is present, then God is restricted to move in our lives. The enemy goes for our confidence and our momentum every time. Hebrews 3 verse 12 to 13 says this, See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that no one, so, sorry, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. That's a big verse, but basically what's happened is that these, these people are going through a tough time. And the progression of being led by your circumstances means you, you, you have a bit of a wobble, we all do, but then you start living there. And there's nothing neutral about following Jesus. If you keep staying there, this progression of, like I said, stop doing the things you should be doing, stop focusing on the wrong things, and all of a sudden you end up in a bad place. I want to just highlight to us how important this is, this issue of our confidence in God. The very first thing we see the enemy saying to human beings, the very first thing, and in the Bible, the issue of first things is so essential. Very first thing we see the devil doing is going up to us, humankind, and saying, did God really say? Did God really say? What, what, what's the first thing that he went for? The confidence in God. First thing he went for. Can I tell you and, and just, just remind you and tell you if you don't know, what's the first thing? The first thing, again, remember the, the, the thing that, the first things are very important in the Bible. What's the first thing that we see the enemy saying to Jesus at the start of his ministry? If you are the son of God, prove it. So we've got two things going on. The enemy is committed to robbers of our confidence in God. That's what he's after. So, so it can be so easy though when we're in our circumstances, rightfully we're going through a hard time, we, we, we're feeling it, we're feeling sorry for ourselves and but this is something greater is at risk because the enemy knows if he can rob you of your confidence in God, then you're not going to do and be and see all that God has called you to. So he comes in subtle ways. Some of you, the enemy has been whispering, but did God say? And for some others of you, he's saying, well, if God said, prove it. Now, this is a dangerous thing. What do you do, church, 
when God's spoken to you to do nothing, <laughs> but everyone's saying you should do something and you feel like doing something. This is where Jesus found himself. The devil was saying, hey, if you're the son of God, throw yourself off the, off the mountain and prove that you're God. If I'm Jesus, I'd want to go, yeah, let me do that and prove that I am God. Like, I would. I'm just being honest. I'd be like, yeah, cool. I'll grow wings at the same time. Whatever. I'm Jesus. I can do whatever. But that wasn't God's will. For some of us, and I found this, this is difficult. What happens when you sense God is saying, go this way, and everyone's saying, go this way? We can throw away our confidence by doing things that seem right. And in one season are justifiable, but in this season aren't. <laughs> and we need to know and have our confidence rooted in God so deeply that even when it looks, and sometimes it doesn't even look like the normal thing to us. But we choose to trust God anyway. I, I, I want us to identify these steps because we, want, we need to, if we're going to live out what God has called us to do, and this is why this series has been so helpful, because Heart Church, you've got some crazy big things that God wants you to do. He's got, God has got an amazing plan for your life. And, and, and God's plan is that we move from being led by our circumstances to move to being led by our confidence in Him. And that's easy to say on a Sunday, but hard to live out week by week. And see, often the only way we can go from being led by our circumstances is I need a different context to see my circumstances through. I need a different perspective. I wrote this down. You might not be able to identify with this, but you know, sometimes just knowing that the right thing to do doesn't really help me. Sometimes I need to know why the right thing to do is the right thing to do. Does that make sense? It's like, you should read your Bible. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's the right thing to do. But sometimes I need to be reminded why the Word of God is the right thing to do. So for a few moments, I just want to speak to the context, a different perspective on your circumstances to help move us to a place of confidence. And I want to use what the writer of the Hebrews did to these people. He, he didn't just say, hey, this is what you've got to do. He explained why. And the first thing is, in, and, and the bank could come and help me because I, 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 I want to say what he wrote to this audience, but I'm saying it to us this morning. Is that okay? Number one, is that okay? Yeah. Number one, he reminded them that their savior is greater. The whole book of Hebrews, this whole letter, is this writer skillfully like a lawyer explaining why Jesus is greater than anything you've ever experienced, anything that you've ever seen in the Old Testament, Jesus is greater. So he spells that Jesus is greater than angels, that Jesus is greater than the high priest, that Jesus is greater than the covenant, that Jesus is greater than Moses, that Jesus is greater than Abraham. What's he doing? He's letting the people know that every reference point that you have of your past, Jesus is greater than them. Now we may not we, not, we may not be so excited about Jesus is greater than angels because we just know that. But maybe for us, we need to be reminded that Jesus is greater than your boss. That Jesus is greater than your health. That Jesus is greater than your family. That Jesus is greater, hello, than your government. We need to be reminded that Jesus is greater. And that can sound so, so like 
just up there and so out there, but it's absolutely essential that fundamentally we know that far above everything we're facing, Jesus is greater. And I've got four points, and under all these four points, thank you for that golf clap, that was lovely. But, but under those four points is a little action. And the action for this is worship. One of the ways that I remind myself that Jesus is greater is not even to focus on my circumstances or even to focus about my confidence, but remind myself of the context that Jesus Christ is greater. I said Jesus Christ is greater. Yeah, you can help me, Nathan. You can help me, Nathan. Colossians 1, verse 15 to 17 says this. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, For in Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through Him and for Him. He is before all things and in Him all things hold together. We need to be reminded that Jesus sits higher than everything. I was listening to that song, it's like, You know, what a beautiful name he he is. And it reminded me, he has no rival. He has no equal. You say, Lawrence, but I'm in this situation. I know, but I'm coming to remind you today that you don't just need three points to get out. You just sometimes need to remind of the context that Jesus Christ is greater. That's your focus. He's greater. He's bigger. He's better. So the, the right to the Hebrew skillfully and beautifully just explains in multiple ways that Jesus is greater than every reference point that you have. He's greater than that. Anything that you've put your trust in, you put your trust in Moses, you thought Moses was great, Jesus is greater than Moses. What have you put your trust in that Jesus is greater? Jesus is greater than your income. Jesus is greater than your friends' feelings to you right now. Jesus is greater than your disappointment. He reminds them of that. Secondly, he reminds them of their past victories. I love this. He says, but recall the former days when you were enlightened. You endured a hard struggle with suffering, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction. He reminds them, hey, listen, you, you, you've, you've gone through worse before. You've been through a tough time before and you came through it. Sometimes when you, you, you need to be led by your confidence, sometimes you need to go back and remember, wait, God is God has brought me through something else before. I want to say to somebody here today, you've been through stuff before and God has already brought you through. So if He did it then, He can do it again. I want to remind you, you have a testimony. You have a story. And He reminds them, He says to these people, listen, guys, you've done this before. Some of you, you've done this before. For me, I facing some tough circumstances but one of the things that was going around in my spirit was my Lawrence but you know last time you had to humble yourself and last time you had to go through this you know what God did it's like yeah yeah you came through in Revelations it, it says that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb which is what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross and the word of our testimony and I dare you and this is the action here is thankfulness to say your testimony when you start saying God I want to thank you because I, I can remember praying that you, know, you, don't mind, you don't feel like doing this when you're going through a hard time but you know if you can just dare to say God I thank you for that time when I prayed 
for my auntie and she got well. Lord, I want to thank you for that time when I didn't know how I was going to get into uni and you made a way. And suddenly what happens is you remind yourself and you remind your spirit that actually I can be led by confidence in God because if he's done it before, then he can do it. He can do it again. Thirdly, and I love this point, he reminds them that they are not alone. <laughs> turn, over the, turn over in your Bibles to the next chapter we've got what's called to the great hall of fame in Hebrews. We, the writer to this audience reminds them of the faith that Abraham had in God. And it goes on to say that Jacob believed God and trusted in God, that Jacob trusted God, that Moses believed God and the Israelites and Gideon and Samson and, and Rahab. And what happens is the writer goes through all of these greats through the Old Testament and he tells them, hey, Everybody who ever did anything for God had tough circumstances and learned for a different context to put their confidence in God. He reminds them, you're going for a hard time, but you're not alone. Everybody who's ever done anything for God, every person you've read in the Bible, who you've ever admired, has been through the same thing and is going through the same thing that you've gone through. And he goes on to say, hey, even Jesus endured trials and sufferings and I love this because what he does he is he elevates he elevates them and says hey listen you're going for a tough time right now but he elevates them and says hey come and sit among the greats <laughs> he says come and join the club he says hey if you're going through tough circumstances but you're being tempted to give up but you're choosing to trust in God he says you've just been upgraded <laughs> you've been upgraded to come and sit among the greats in the Bible I want to say to you you're going for a tough time right now. You feel like being led by your circumstances, but you, you know that you need to put your confidence in God. I want to say to you, you've just been upgraded. <laughs> you've been invited to take your seat among all the great people that we read about in the Bible and said, they were no different to you. All they did was learn to put their trust and their confidence in God. You are not alone. And fourthly, he reminded them that they had a prize. It says, therefore, Hebrews 10 verse 35, therefore do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. I, I want to say to some people here today that your confidence has got a great reward attached to it. If you can just be willing to not be led by your circumstances, but begin to be led by your confidence in God. The Bible says, if you, the Hebrew writer says, if you can just keep going in joy, you are going to receive what God has for you. And the action for this is we need to go back to what the promises of God are over your life. Let me break it down on a real simple level. Um, my wife, Naomi, is amazing. She's a, she's a woman of God, and I don't say that lightly. She's like a proper woman of God, like on a daily basis. Like, I'm a man of God for the big occasions. Come on, let's take the city and a nation. But, do you know what I mean? Like, what, what, okay, the big battle, okay, I can be a man of God, but Naomi is like day by day. And, and just, there was a situation with her to do with one of our daughters, and, and we was facing a bit of a tough circumstance, and, and Naomi was praying, and, and she felt, God 
give her a word from the Bible. I'm just trying to say what this looks like in real life, if that's, if that's cool. She's reading through the Bible, reading through this scripture. She felt like God spoke to her. And so then, but the thing is, the circumstance kind of didn't change. It was like, oh, it had a bit of a wobble over here. And Naomi just said in passing, he said, this happened, but you know what? I kept reminding myself of what God said to me. So, so this is what it looks like. Just, this is what this looks like in real life. The Holy Spirit will speak to you as you read your word or however he speaks to you. And you'll get this sense in your heart that this is what God is saying. That's the promise. That's the reward. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence because it's got a great reward. But, but right now, Naomi is in the situation what, that in what God spoke to her about doesn't look like it's come to pass. But the Bible says you need to endure and persevere so that you can see the reward. So it's not immediate. So what Naomi has to do and has to keep on doing, when circumstances tell her and look like it doesn't match up with what God is saying, she needs to remind herself of it because if she keeps confessing, if she keeps believing and she keeps speaking that out, this little thing that dropped into her spirit, her confidence is going to grow and she's going to see God do what He said. And then what she's going to have, she's going to have a testimony. She's going to have a story and she's going to be speaking to somebody in the future and saying, listen, this is what happened to me. I didn't know how it was going to work out, but God spoke to me. This is the process of faith. This is what it means to be led by our confidence in God, not our circumstances. If you knew how many people needed you to keep going, you would never give up. If you knew the level of breakthrough that's on the other side, you would never stop walking, being led by confidence. You have a great reward. You have a prize. This is not in vain. This is not in vain. That circumstance that you're going through, that hardship that you're going through, it's not in vain. You are actually tangibly going to experience the goodness of God as you keep putting your trust in Him. As you keep allowing yourself to be led by confidence. Do not throw away your confidence. Do not, do not throw away your confidence. Do not throw it away. Don't throw it away. We're going to sing in a response to this song, a great song that says, I'm going to see a victory. And this moment is allowing your spirit to engage in it, whatever way you need to engage, to be able to remind yourself that I am, what are you doing in this moment? You're saying, I'm not going to be led by my circumstances. And, and you, you're choosing in this moment to say, I'm going to lean into being led by my confidence in God. But for some of us, we need to, we need to actually go back and get our confidence. What do you mean? I don't know if, like me, sometimes if you can't find your phone, it's like, I can't find my phone. I can't find my phone. If you see my phone, where's my phone? Where have I left my phone? And you start looking for it, right? It's like, where have I left my phone? And you start searching for it. Where did I, when did I last have it? When did I last have it? And I felt to encourage some people today, when did you last have your confidence? Some of you have thrown it away and you need to go back to that place where you threw it away. And I don't know if you've ever actually, has anyone ever had to go through a rubbish bin because you accidentally dropped something in there? Just show me. It's a terrible, isn't it? It's like, so I don't have to do that before. It's like, you got your hand, ah! Drop some money in there or drop, you're like going through the bin and you're scurrying around. It's disgusting. I didn't want to do it in this and it's got a clean bin liner. I'm still freaking out, but 
it's horrible and you're wading through the stuff and it's like, oh, I've dropped my keys in there and you're wading through the bin. I felt like some of you, you have to go back to a bit of an ugly, dirty place because you know this is where you lost your confidence. You have to go back and go, oh, that's when that person said something to me and I got offended. That's when I lost my confidence. Oh, man. And you have to dust it out. And God, I'm so... That person really offended me, God, but I'm so sorry, God. I give that to them. Or maybe for others of you, I don't know what your scenario is. You're like, where did I lose my confidence? Oh, that disappointment. Oh, God, I don't want to face that again. I don't want to face that again. And God's saying, no, you need to go back and get your confidence out. God, but I trusted you before and everybody's got their breakthrough and I still haven't got my breakthrough. But you dare to go, God, even though it didn't happen the way I thought it was happening, I'm still going to trust you. I'm still going to put my confidence in you. I'm not saying this is easy today. Sometimes it's dirty and sometimes it's painful. But I dare you to go back to the place where you lost your confidence. I dare you to scourge around to that place that you don't want to go back to because it was painful and it's hard and it hurt. But I dare you in Jesus' name because you have got a reward. You have got a calling. The enemy is after your confidence and your momentum. But the devil is a liar. Your confidence is coming back in Jesus' name. If you would dare to go back to the place that you lost it and rifle around and say, God, I am putting my trust in you. Let's stand together. You've come to the end of this message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media. Just search Heart Church UK.